Liga MX, Club America. Be there as international soccer's biggest stars like Romelo Lukaku, Christian Pulisic, Thiago Silva, Diego Valdez, and Guillermo Ochoa compete in this clash of champions. Saturday, July 16th at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. For more information, visit FCSeries.com. The Milwaukee Brewers are in California to play the San Francisco Giants Saturday at 3.30 on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM, KWWN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company, live from NBA Summer League at the Thomas and Mac. Jonathan Bontobel, Willie Ramirez is here as well, and it is time for the best part of your day. It's time for Cofield and Company. On ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. Partying, partying. Yeah! Yeah, there you go. You can do it. I think it's overwhelmingly corny that Steve does that. So he, uh, yeah, and I. There was Optimal one day. Corn. There was one day. The very first time it was me and Adam. We were in the studio, and and I go, I'll do it. And uh, and I didn't. I've. I just hear. I just know the tune. Yeah. The little hook line. Like there. Was, I never really paid attention when he yelled that he was yelling over yeah, yeah, a, a yeah. bunch of people doing it. So I just did it randomly, and Adam goes, what are you doing? You missed the whole spot. Oh, was, yeah. And I didn't realize it. Uh, I'm laughing because so we're at the concourse of the Thomas and Mack Center, and there are things about humans, okay, that you got to understand. And I, I won't rank them, but the first is Here go more free, lists. free stuff. Yeah. Free stuff, they act like animals, right? Free, humans love free stuff. The other they spot themselves in some form or fashion on a TV screen. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. stop the press! So here's—it's funny you bring stop that up because because I, I was gonna say something and then you were talking in a break with Ari about the next spot something so I didn't get a chance, but I was going to say as I threw something away behind our set as they were walking by. Right. Uh, and here's the thing—they're basically they're just having fun. Right, they're just you know they're having a good time, they're enjoying it, but they they must think that we're live somewhere. Yeah. So if, oh, if they get a kick out of it and they want to have fun, so be it. So they let them do their at thing. the South Point Studio V Sin. Uh, that one's on ground level, so like when yeah. you walk by it, right, you you get to see yourself on camera if you're walking behind. And you're really on. Camera. Yeah, you're yeah. really on camera. Yeah. You're really on live uh, television and circa not so much. But let me tell you, man, these people. And it's not just them. I think back in the back in the day before I was JVT. You know what I mean? The it notorious, the notorious JV. Right now, me. it's me and Tim Murray on the screen, and I'm getting a kick out of the graphics in front of me because it's uh, it's Danny and I, but it's really Tim and Sean. Oh, so. They're getting ready for the night show. Sure. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. You know what it is at the end of the day. We just want to be accepted, Willie. We just want to be loved, right? Us humans. That's all it is. Just want love. And yeah. sometimes you find that love through self-affirmation. Look at me on camera. I'm hilarious. I'm waving. Nobody's ever done that before, right? Sure. It's all that it's about. And sometimes, you know, you want, like, love with another human being. Okay? I love my wife. I need it. I crave it every single day. I come home I'm like, hi, honey. Love it. And when you're single, sometimes it's lonely, right? Been there. 
Dangerous Dan has seen me in those days. You know what? There's a lot of drinking, a lot of partying, okay? But sometimes you need that human connection. And sometimes you're too scared to reach out, put yourself out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You ask for a little bit of help. Kind of like Glenn Big Baby Davis did when he took a shot, not a shot, but took his shot at Lizzo. He shot his shot. He did. Told Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes on their podcast, All the Smoke, that he wants to do something with her. I don't know what that means, by the way. Matt Barnes, a friend of Cofield and Company, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Saw him at the Aces game. He was like, I love Cofield and Company. Well, besides that. <laughs> but I, I, just, I asked him for a quick little interview, some sound bites and everything. He was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. But we, well, we talked about the All the Smoke podcast. That's a whole it's a other good pod. It's, it's a good great pod. pod. It's a great pod. Glenn Davis said, I want to do something with Lizzo. I ain't going to lie. I just like her personality. Jackson and Barnes let Davis know, uh, take over to the camera, and send a message to Lizzo. Said, Lizzo, I'm talking to you. I'm reaching out. I've seen you a couple times. Haven't really said anything, but I need you. I need you. This is pretty intense. Added that he thinks she's awesome, beautiful. He likes that. Now, this one. He said, I feel like you and me together is a hell of a combination, and we represent for the big people. That's true. But I also feel like, uh, I don't know, Big Baby, maybe he is. But she does have a boyfriend that she just recently went public with. His name is Mike Wright. Do you think he did this on purpose? Did he not care? Did he was just like, you know what? I'm taking my shot. I'm going to ruin that love so I can get my own. Well, play is play. You know what I mean? So players are going to play, and they're going to they're gonna throw it out there, and maybe he figured his star power, and, oh, man, you know, Glenn Big Baby Davis wants a shot. So I, I, I don't know. I'm not in the mind of, of Glenn Big Baby Davis, but, uh, you know, kudos to him for putting himself out there, showing his vulnerability. It's hard to be vulnerable, right? Yeah, it and- is what it is. And we might just have somebody who's ready to take that step. Oh, boy. Because I get this in the emails today. Speaking of relationships, after a six-month hiatus, which, by the way, headlines didn't know Ari was in a relationship six months ago. By design. He's ready to get back into the, what he calls, dumpster fire dating. Let me just say, Ari, I'm sure the ladies are just, just love that you're back, buddy. Right? Yeah. You know, I have to beat him away with a stick. Uh, it really is a dumpster fire. You are not qualified to have an opinion because you're in a happy relationship. And I am telling you as the someone... assumptions. Who said I was happy? Ah, okay. Well, that's, that's a you problem. All I know is back in my so day when I was in a happy relationship and now moving forward, fast forward like six, seven years now. Oh, my God. Dating is so different. I promise you. Is a whole new animal. It was never I easy. I never I had... I don't bother with it. I, right? I, I should probably follow your footsteps, Willie. So instead, I'm going the opposite. Uh, I'm going to see what I can do. Yes, Ari, there's, there's no I, line I, of people. but Ari, yeah. I believe that you know the, from, from, from random topic send-ins, I believe that you know the, the – do you think JVT would drop on the set here if I told him? <laughs> I, I, I still have a lot of questions for you off air. Hmm. I just don't bother with it anymore. October 24th, I'll celebrate my eighth year of celibacy. Why, you, why would you do this to me? <laughs> why would you do this? Why would you say that to me at this point where I can go in, like, any one of a number of directions? That's, you, you, I, go, go ahead, whatever you want. I a lot of pressure off of me. Uh, and look, all I know, too, is I'm not going to go down that route because I do know for a fact uh, our, our very esteemed and awesome program director, Q, is listening, and I don't want to get in trouble because I have many questions, the first of which is why. That that's, sounds terrible. 
Now, no, see, I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to ask questions. In these let me just, let me just, you know what? I could, pro- I may be able to answer both you and Ari's que- uh, several of them in one fell swoop because it would just be a collective. That would be the answer. Is my mental health is had is is very strong since that decision. Let's put it, that, it when it comes to dealing with issues. It's it's so much <laughs> it's so much stronger. I I don't I don't want to take the time. You got to remember I'm old, dude. You're young. I don't have the time and the patience to cultivate relationships. There's no one out there that's looking to just date it in their 40s and 50s. Yeah. So it's a, they so want it's, a relationship. So it's a it's a lifelong double end November. Bro, listen. I do not <laughs> want <laughs> to put in, I don't have the time. There's people that got that reference. I don't have the time and patience to put the effort in. Okay, there's some like validity to, to what he's saying, by the way. These are the these are the questions, man. I'm gonna get in trouble. Like, I ask questions without asking them, but I can't do it. I can't do it. Go. Number four. The computer didn't want to move on. All right. Speaking of, I don't see this is. This sounds like a really serious story. This is. Mind-boggling. Speaking about not having mental fortitude. I mean, look, there's the, the mentality here is kind of nuts. Headline, Elon Musk's dad, 76, confirms a secret second child with his stepdaughter. Yeah. Now, look, we can get into the stepdad-daughter thing and whatever and all of that kind of stuff. Maybe she was stuck in a washing machine. I don't know. But the thing here that you want to talk about, what you what? What's wrong? <laughs> Here's the thing. It's the quote. It's the quote that gets me <sighs> when you talk about procreating. in a wash. Okay. The mission of procreation. That's so weird. It's a weird mentality to have. The musks are odd. Just put it that way. I, I was baffled when I saw this. But you can't do anything with that, huh? I know. No. The... No, I'm just I'm baffled by so much of this story and then and the quote and it just uh, yeah I don't know it's it I I can't I don't know whether to try to figure out what what he's thinking or what she's thinking. I just think it, I look when you when you talk about this is for me it's a the bigger thing is smart when people think they're smart right and they think they're above others. You, have, you get these weird mission thoughts, like, you know, I have this, right? I'm going to do this. Elon Musk, the, the mission to the moon, all that kind of stuff. And when you see some of the quotes about, like, this is what we were put on our earth for, like, relax, bro. Relax. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just stop. Okay, you don't have to take it so literally. Yeah. And we can get all to the serious aspects of it, which is the grooming, the whatnot, the disgusting aspects of this, which is troublesome. But in general, when it comes to something like this, I always wonder if – do you handle it from a funny aspect, which is clearly this is kind of odd and you can make fun of it? Or do you go down the path of, like, there's a lot of times where this happens and this is kind of troublesome? Did, I, I didn't read. I mean, I did read it, but how old is the? I'm not practical. Oh. She's 35. Eventually, if I'm still around, she might back. Uh, well, there's, there's a lot of different aspects. In of 2019. It, so the baby is three. Yeah. Okay. So to put in perspective, that child would be 27 when Elon Musk's dad turns 100? Yeah. I mean, come on. They're rich. He's not taking care of it. No. There's a lot of daycare involved there. Uh, I wish I, just, I could afford daycare. daycare. Just drop the kid off. Wouldn't have a relationship with him. Just be like, just survive, son. Learn what you need to learn, and then in 18, we'll be best buddies. Let's go. Move on. <laughs> Move on. 
Number three. You called it. I'm going to give Willie credit. You called it. What was one of the things you brought up yesterday when it came to the comments that were coming out of the Kansas City dugout and players and Whit Mayerfield talking about, like, yeah, if you deal me to a contender, I'll get vaccinated. Yeah, so what was one of the aspects you brought up. So does that mean that you didn't get vaccinated at the beginning of the season because you felt that we weren't a contender? Right. You just automatically th- – so, so okay, but you'll go to contender now. So, so all along, you never thought we were contenders. Mm-hmm. You didn't believe in your team. Well, comments weren't really uh, received very well. Now, we know the decision not to get vaccinated, personal choice based on research and conversations, right? Mm. He's not putting but, it in his body. Um, as we have heard before, and, and you said it, I don't think this is probably going to go over well with the clubhouse. And sure enough, it didn't. Uh, executives and specifically their general manager, uh, when it came to the comments, I was disappointed. Truthfully, I was disgusted, he said to Soren Petro, friend of the program. A friend of the show. Out there in Kansas City. Not surprising. When you literally are just saying, yeah, I thought this team was going nowhere. I don't really care. But if you trade me, yeah, then I'll probably put that in your body. Which goes back to the original point of you're not really concerned with what you put in your body. Okay? Like, don't, don't do that. Because if you were concerned, no matter where you got traded, you wouldn't put it in your body. You're right? just being difficult. Right, exactly. Like, that's all you're doing. And now, look, it's not like the Kansas City Royals are going anywhere. But now you've created this rift for this clubhouse that, I mean, look, I'm not an athlete by any sense. But... If I'm, like, going to war with a guy and he clearly makes comments like that where he doesn't believe in the clubhouse, screw you, dude. So he's, he's painted the picture that he's not a team player. Right. So, so why, would, why would any team want to trade for him? Because at some point, it may not be the Vax issue. It could be something else. He's proven his selfishness. Why would a team want to invest in him if he's not going to invest in his team? Mm-hmm. Number two. You big service guy? Did you ever work in the service industry of any sort, whether it was retail or yeah, restaurants? Absolutely. Yeah. Growing up here, growing up in Vegas, um, little minor things like when we owned the the the, the restaurant discotheque. Uh, well, no, you're too old. Or too, you're you too lost me at disco jubilation. Yeah, I uh, like um, busboy stuff. Yeah. And then um, small little gigs. They lasted all of like. A month or two, you know, I wasn't, you know, clearing the table. Now, when I lived in Minneapolis, there was a supper club where they, you know, the type of things where they did the sh- like a, sh- a dinner theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a dishwasher, but you worked your way up to once a week or twice a week. That was you had these dingy, stanky red polos. But then if you got the black one, you were the lead dishwasher kind of guy because you used to go be able to go fill up the salad bar items. Wow. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah? That was a major big deal. Refill the sunflower seeds, the bacon bits, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you got to make the, 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 the garlic did snaps it, with the with the bread the way that they did it. Was it like the old school salad bars where they'd fill it all up with ice and then you'd like put everything in there? Yeah. In the buckets? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then when I got back to Las Vegas, I worked at the Boulevard Mall in the Athlete's Foot before there was a Foot Locker. And... Uh, and the Boulevard Mall was just one strip, one 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 walkway all the way down from Sears down to the uh, to to the Broadway. It was Diamonds, not Dillard's. Okay. So yeah, I, I sold athletic shoes. So I bring up service because look, service is also something that's a nitpick for me. And I will say, so we have the story that that Terry Bradshaw put up a video that was complaining about a Walmart out there in Illinois, yeah. and it was actually actively telling people not to go shop at that Walmart uh, because. He was trying to get a bike, apparently, called for service, couldn't get it down multiple times, asked people to come and get it down for him. They weren't helping him out. I got to tell you, because I guess is mad because the guy's a millionaire. 
Um, I've been there before, and it's the baby formula thing. You know, like I tried to get baby formula. They keep it in the glass thing. It took 35 minutes to get somebody yeah. to come down there. I had yeah. asked like four different people to help me, and each time it was the same thing. I get the complaint. Now, Terry Bradshaw has much more power than me, but I don't know if it comes to, hey, rich guy, deal with it. Like, it's poor service. I get to complain about this. Yeah, there should, you know, it, it, it's it's such a double-edged sword because, you know, okay, you're a rich guy, so you shouldn't get preferential treatment. Okay, well, then you should also treat him like the garden variety customer. But then when he complains, you berate him for being, oh, rich guy trying to push his way around. Right. No, just he's paying money. And you should be providing customer service. And, yes, having to wait around for X amount of time is is crap. I will say also, though, go, uh, going on social media and complaining to the company is also crap. So. Yeah, that part I don't agree. <laughs> like, I don't agree. I, I The people that come to that, – that finish whatever <laughs> – excuse me, whatever – I'm getting worked up and emotional about this. The people that, that get – you know, have a bad experience and then they jump on Twitter and they, they – at Starbucks, I was in line, and this is da 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 da. And by the way, it's the one on, you know, yeah. Flamingo in Maryland, and, and, and all of a sudden you got the address. Number one. All right, we're going to build on this on the other side. Richie Incognito retires as a Raider. Yep. Three years with the organization, right? But only 14 games. Uh, but obviously, really enjoyed his time, clearly, with the organization, the way that it treated him. Um, we're going to hear from Mark Davis, but I also want to ask you. When we come back, it's all warm and fuzzy, right? And it's not – this is an extreme example, but it's almost like a funeral when guys retire, right? We always remember the good stuff. Whenever somebody passes, the eulogy is always the positive things. But for a guy like Richie Incognito, how do you handle everything that comes with Richie Incognito when you're talking about his career and what has happened in the past along with the time where, hey, looking back, I loved it. He was a good part of the organization when he played. How do you balance that with his notorious legacy in the NFL? It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Football's taught me a strong work ethic, a willing to get better every day, and a desire to continue growing. It has taught me that what you get is important, who you become is more important. All these lessons I'll take with me into the next chapter. Because today I'm officially retiring from the NFL. Now back to Cofield and Company, live from NBA Summer League. You heard the voice of Richie Incognito calling it a career. And uh see pretty rare. A team he didn't really spend too much time with. From a year standpoint, he did, but from a game standpoint, less than a season, 14 games. Yeah. Retiring as a Raider. So let's uh let's hear from Mark Davis about this. We're gonna hear two clips. First on uh, on incognito because it is I think it is kind of rare to see a guy who spent a short time around a team but resonates enough with it that he's going to retire in that uniform on what the team and brotherhood meant to Richie Incognito. Well, you know, it's meant a lot ever since he got here. I felt that. And, you know, we've, we've talked about it a lot, about his career and coming to the Raiders and it feeling like coming to home. Um, he created such a, uh, a fierce leadership uh, mentality amongst these young guys that he's teaching them how to become football players and how to become Raiders. Um, he, as he said, he was born to be a Raider, and I believe that. And as I just told him now, you know, we're going to uh, Canton, Ohio in a couple of weeks for Cliff Branch and Richard Seymour. And I said in five years we'll be going for him as well. Yeah, that, you know, and he did say that because I was standing right there waiting for Mark to uh, to come over. 
and uh, so we could grab him for some quotes, and he they embraced for a minute there. And, uh, you know, I, there were a lot of things said that Richie Incognito said when we asked him specific questions, and I asked him, I said, you know, you've had some staggered steps along the way in this career because he, you mentioned your bad your, – to him, I said, you mentioned your bad boy image, so you've had some staggered – what have you learned about yourself? You know, and he – he just talked about different things and overcoming adversity, and he's always embraced the sort of image that he he's responsible for creating. And Mark Davis sort of embraced that and saying, "Well, that's what the Raiders are," you know. So, so that's what I find pretty interesting about a guy like him, right? Yeah. Is so we can talk about embracing your image, okay? And we could talk about like the bad boy mentality of that, right? And all those sort of things. But like that bad boy mentality is being tied into a bully scandal of a former offensive lineman with the yes. Miami Dolphins, yeah. right? Like, that's, that's yeah. very serious what he did. Yeah. And it was reported that he did. Right. right. It is the unfortunate incident what happened at the funeral home with him as well, right? And this isn't to, like, take away from a really good moment for him. I just find it very interesting with guys like Richie Incognito and others who reach this moment where they retire is how you handle that because that's such, like you said, if you think of Richie Incognito, it's a badass, right? It's that guy. Yeah. But – Part of that is it's not just like missteps, right? It's like some pretty serious accusations right. against exactly. him. Exactly. It's not just he was a tough guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. No, and that's and that's that's just it. That's what's it's. I don't. You know, whichever team he chose to retire with or keep his name with, I think it's. I think. I think it was easy for him to choose the Raiders to retire. You know, to retire as a Raider because he didn't have those issues here. Obviously, he was injured, right, over the course of the seasons that he was signed with the Raiders. He only got to play in 14 games, so there wasn't much damage that he could do. But I think that he had learned his lesson, so he just sort of played that mentor role, especially last year. He was able to just sort of be a leader to the guys, mentor, point some things out. It's a young offensive line. And so there was never any of those issues. Because of the issues he had in the past and the other stops, they always, as he said, tried to micromanage him, where I don't know if how much of it was micromanaging as much as it was saying, hey, you can't do that. You can't say those things. You can't do those things. Whereas here, he was at the end of his career. He wasn't going to do those things, and he just kind of wanted to ride out into the sunset. So there was no strife here. So, of course, there was a brotherhood. And I, I do think that when you talk about guys like Incognito and looking at his past, those are guys who you would say, like, really needed. We've heard from guys before, right? Needing the structure of football, needing to stay within it on a regimented plan, playing in teammates, like, being held accountable for things. Like, NFL players, so much of their life is regimented, scheduled, that they need to stay on track, and it helps them with those sort of things. Mark Davis talked about that with Richie Incognito. Well, number one, he's a great football player. And I was telling him earlier today when we were talking, you know, my dad would bring in guys like that that are in the twilight of their career, Jerry Rice players like that that took us to the Super Bowl. But unfortunately, we didn't have the roster to plug, plug Richie into. That would, that would, he could have the full effect on that. But in the other side of the coin, he was able to bring the young guys up to today where we have a really solid offensive line play and guys that understand what it takes to become a, a football player in the National Football League and to be a Raider. And that's hard work. And Richie never uh, shied away from that. Even with the injuries, he was always in for treatments and all of that stuff, trying to get better. And I think maybe his desire to come back too quickly may have hindered the ability to actually get it healed. But that, that's what it, you know, a champion does. They want to play. We'll see how this goes. You know, look, there's going to be conversations about this. You don't want to ultimately you know, 
rain on a parade when it comes to retiring from a National Football League. But the legacy of Richie and kind of, you know, as before, like, you know, I've made the face of you, like, Hall of Famer? Not sure if that's going to happen. In right. the NFL, it's not like the NBA, right, or basketball. Basketball's got a, a notoriously low bar when it comes to getting into the Hall of Fame. Um, National Football League, we'll see if that's the case for Richie Incognito, who has decided to retire uh, as a Las Vegas Raider. We'll take our break here. We'll come back. we got plenty left to get to. Willie, got a special guest on set, Taj Cole. Give you her background, her story. It's a fascinating one when we come back here live from the Summer League. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Well, just to hear, like, Cheryl Swoops, you know, commentating the game and, like, getting excited about plays that I make, I was just, like, blown away. Like, I think I replayed it in my room on, on my phone when I was watching the game just over and over. Like, that's, that's just super dope. Now, back to Cofield and company, live from NBA Summer League. We are back, Cofield and Company, or as you would call it. Von Tobel y Los Vatos, man. Jonathan Von Tobel and myself, Willie Ramirez. We are live at the Thomas Mack, the NBA Summer League, as we're bringing in the home stretch of the final show of the week. Yep. And that was the sound of Taj Cole, point guard from Virginia Tech. She also played at Georgia. She was one of the top recruits going into college. Highly, highly touted coming out. Um, and a very interesting story, which we're going to get into. She now joins us live on the set. My girl, my homie, my dog, Taj, welcome to the show. What's up? Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So, Willie's been excited for this. and So, give some people some background on you. And you gave it a little bit from the playing standpoint. We wanted to get into your story as well. But uh, give us the down low in terms of your journey as a basketball player and uh, where it came through because there's a lot of personal moments here. I read the story that Willie sent over that he wrote about you, uh, what you've gone through and what you've had to endure. It's, it's a really strong story. Coming out of high school, um, I was a McDonald's All-American, um, Jordan Brand Classic uh, player. Um, had my journey throughout college, you know. I, ch- I chose what was best fit for me. Ended up getting my master's degree, got my bachelor's degree too. Um, COVID hit. I didn't get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament my final year. Then I decided to go overseas to Spain just to try to overseas out. Um, and I just got a, a call from my family one day to, like, you know, it was an emergency, and um, I needed to be there for my family. So I took a year off of basketball, raised my brothers, um, helped my parents run multiple organizations that they have. And uh, then I heard about Athletes Unlimited. So I wanted to get back into basketball after a year. I went to tryouts, and uh, I tried out, and I made it. And that's led me to having multiple WNBA opportunities from different teams. And I ended up signing with the team going to training camp, and I end up getting cut by a team. So it's, it's a process, it's a journey. You know, I'm not down about it, uh, but I'm excited for the rest of my journey. So I, I'd be curious, really sorry, Willie, but I'm like, what, what fascinates me always about athletes, especially athletes that take your journey is, yeah. look, man, when I'm told no, sometimes that can be deflating, right? Like that could be really getting you down. Mm-hmm. But for somebody that's gone what you've gone through and to continue to be keep the head up, keep going, like, that's got to take a really large amount of mental fortitude to keep that going and be positive about it. Yeah, I see plenty of athletes, not just basketball, but all yeah. sports that get, you know, cut from NFL, MLB teams, and they just self-destruct, you know. But the way I was raised, I'm not one-dimensional. You know, I'm out here doing interviews. I'm giving back to the community. Um, I got my hands tied in some marketing things. And I know my chance at the WNBA will come again real soon. So um, I just want to stay busy and stay positive. 
One of the things also that I want to make mention, and there are two, two things I want to point out and expound upon. When, when Taj said that she, there were some family obligations in terms of some businesses, Taj didn't just come in, come home and help. Her mother had to take care of her grandmother, so Taj had to take care of an entire AAU sort of group, uh, Cap City Ballers. They have a facility where all these youths are counting on her family to run things. So Taj came in and sort of orchestrated and oversaw. Each AAU team has their coaches, but she, or as the administrator, but they also count on sort of some tutoring and being able to be helped with their studies. And she involved herself with all of that to make sure that it never missed a beat on top of raising her brothers. Mm -hmm. So you talk about growing up really quick when your aspirations are becoming a pro athlete. Those are that's not part of the, that's not part of the deal of being able to be you have to be able to to, to focus on your body and recovery and your skills. Mm -hmm. Well, all that went aside. So then she makes athletes unlimited, as she said. Now, when she got cut by the Connecticut Sun, there were a number of veterans that came out and said, "You know, there are a dozen or fifteen players that should be in this league right now. The league needs to expand." two teams or expand the rosters and part of that group that they were talking about was Taj because she belongs on a roster you you tell me out of those 144 and I have all the utmost respect for 144 of the greatest women basketball players but you're not going to tell me that every single one of them 130 through 144 I would put Taj up against some of them reserve point guards because she knows what she's capable of doing and we saw that you you made a point to me yesterday Taj we went out to eat and you, you were telling me that I, you know, most people get salty. You have said that part of staying positive is what's going to help get you into the league. Yeah, I truly believe that. Um, I think that my leadership is also why I should be in the league. You know, I'm not afraid to take risks. You know, I'm not afraid to put others before me. Um, with the situation that happened with my family, I didn't, I'll do it again tomorrow if I have to because I just know my preparation. I know how hard I work. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't worry that I wouldn't get back to the point where, you know, I wanted to be in my journey and my career. Um, I, I'm just a really hard worker. But I do truly believe that, you know, I can play against the top players in WNBA. And I truly believe I can help a franchise win many games. So I, I would assume then, because we were talking about this the other day, you know, somebody like me, since the Aces have come here, and I'm a big basketball fan, right? Like, I love the yeah. NBA, I cover it, I write about it. Like, and I've gotten really into WNBA, specifically the Aces, and watch them a little bit more. Mm. As that league grows in popularity, somebody like you has to be sitting back and enjoying that because there are talks of expansion, two more teams potentially being added, and more opportunities for somebody like you to latch on to potentially a new team or something like that and find your foothold in that league. I'm excited for it, but it's also something I hear every year. Yeah. You know, I've been following the WNBA since I was born in 1997, and that's when it started. And they've been saying expansion, expansion for years now. So I just hope that one day, you know, we do expand and that the younger generation that I'm helping, they don't have to go through what I'm going through. But if they do, they can look at Taj and be like, well, Taj didn't stop. You know, Taj didn't stop working out. Taj didn't stop giving back. You know, she stayed positive. Uh, she stayed doing things um, academically. You know, I'm huge on academics. So what I went to school for is it means a lot to me. So for me to go out in the real world and use it, I think more kids, more boys, you know, girls, everybody should, should do that. When things don't go your way, you know, you got something else to fall back on. You're not one-dimensional. And, and that's important in what you talked about because you not only have your degree, but you have your master's degree with leadership skills. And so you decided I'm going to branch out. If I can't, 
if I can't play in WMA, I'm going to share my skills. So tell everyone what you're doing because you moved to California, but you have your eyes on Southern Nevada. So I got news <laughs> yeah, for you. Those of you that are, we got plans for Taj out here with some Southern Nevada AAU groups until she gets into the league. But tell oh, everyone man. what you're doing and using your degree to help others. Yeah, so um, I just moved to California. I'm working at a high school called Barnard Park. Um, they hired me as their player development. They trust my vision, um, what I've been talking to you guys about, just helping the youth. Uh, so I'm helping those young ladies out with basketball, with life lessons. Um, I'm in charge of the weight room in the morning for all sports. So I get to be around the kids and kind of mentor them and, and help them out, let them know what the next level is going to be like. Um, and I train kids out there in my spare time. You know, I also train myself. I have a trainer out there. Um, but, you know, I've been enjoying it. I've really, really been enjoying it. So basketball stuff then. We were talking about a couple of the other things. Yeah. Uh, when we're watching some of these teams out there, so obviously we're out here in Las Vegas. Um, I'll, I'll bring the sports betting stuff into it too. So I, I got a ticket on the Aces to okay. win this title. Uh, right. But we saw them kind of taper off there in terms of the second half, and they get a really big win over the Las Vegas, or excuse me, over New York. I've kind of been of when you watch them play, right, it's more spread out. There's more three-point shooting. Yeah. That shift in the way that they've been playing this game, what do you make of that? And Like at this beginning, it looked like they were miles ahead of the rest of the mm -hmm. WNBA, but it's kind of been caught up to by now. I mean, I think you got some smart players, you know, in this league, and, you know, kudos to the smart coaching staffs. I mean, with, with all the film, you're going to be able to watch somebody by the end of the season and be able to tell what they do. But the Aces is honestly one of my favorite teams to watch. You know, they play so fast. They, they spread the court open. Um, and coach, let them play, you know. I think as a coach, you can coach, but those, those, those girls are pros. You know, they know how to shoot. They know how to do all the dynamics and, you know, all the stuff like that. So I, it's so fun watching them play. I enjoy it. So I got to ask you, number yeah. one, who is your favorite player in the WNBA in general, but then who has maybe infiltrated that after playing in the Athletes Unlimited? Because you talked earlier – JDT, you were talking, and, and Taj said she knows she can play. Let's let's yeah. put this out there. Taj and Lexi Brown from the LA Sparks were like, every team established a dynamic duo. Taj and Lexi, as, point, as guards, were known for their shooting skills, but a lot of people overlooked the defensive aspect. Like, Taj was an all-ACC defensive player. We're talking about the ACC. North Carolina, Duke, right? She played with Virginia Tech. Lexi Brown, known for her three-point prowess, She's a defensive – we're talking about players like Dejanae Carrington, Natasha Cloud, you know, ladies that are in the WNBA and they were locking them down. So that being said, who was your favorite player or team, maybe players, but mm -hmm. then since Athletes Unlimited, some of your girls from AU that you're enjoying watching? I don't have a favorite player. Um, my favorite sport is football, and I still don't have a favorite player. Like, you know, I would, well, I'll take that back. I like Odell. But – in WNBA, I don't have a favorite player. I got a lot of family and a lot of girls that I support, like my AU family and many more. But as far as who I've been enjoy watching play, um, definitely all my AU family. Um, I just think that it's, it's so beautiful to see a plan uh, talk to, being talked about and then see it just being done. And I think everybody put the work in through AU, and they kind of look the same during the WNBA too. So. I've been enjoying watching a lot of them play, but I think watching Lexi really thrive, you know, after sitting on the bench at Chicago, yeah. I think that touches me the most. But um, a lot of them can go on different teams to get 30 every night. We was talking about that at dinner. Like, I got yeah. a couple friends that, you know, played in AU, and a lot of people were like, well, she's not going to do that in the W. Um, I just think it's 
how you run your system. I mean, there's a lot of buckets in the in the AU league, and they're real buckets. But you know, you know how I go. And, and 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 one thing that I was happy to see, Lexi did get her ring. Oh yeah, today she was hyped about that. Yeah, yeah. she put it up there. I text, I messaged with her father, D Brown, and said, "It's a good thing that she got that." Because I was about to put them on blast on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah. And and I am enjoying seeing Lexi too thrive. Um, I was a little disappointed in, that she wasn't invited to the three point contest. Man, I mean, you look at the stats. You know, it's one thing to have people uh, have their opinion. But I think one thing that don't lie, my dad always used to say, is numbers don't lie. And Lexi, numbers don't lie. Everybody knows she can shoot, but you can also pull it up and look at it and see that she can shoot. So that's my dog. But The Sparks will be uh, here too. So uh, for those of you that are coming, that like to go, maybe would go see the Aces game to see the Sparks with Liz Cambay as you watch, Lexi Brown is exciting to watch. When's that game? We talked about it. When was this it? Is like, was it like the next, 26th or something like, like next that? Week. I think it's July 26th because they, they have the dream coming up. It's, a, it's part of the four-game homestand. Right. Okay. The dream because we just talked about that, right? The dream, the fever, they, it elevates the talent that's coming um, or the, 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 the toughness of the games. And I think the Dallas was mixed in there, and the, but the L.A. Sparks as well because they weren't going to be looking ahead too much past the dream. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so um, that, they're a fun team to watch, and it's a fun dynamic because of the border rivalry. I'll put it out there. Aza Shepard for the Aces. You know, I played with her at Virginia Tech. And, you know, I, I averaged close to like nine assists a game um, at one point. And I think league play at, at ACC. And Shep made it easy for me. You know, if you really set her up and you get her the ball, she'll knock down threes in her sleep. So a lot of people don't see that yet. And I know she's a rookie. But she can really, really, really do damage on this league from shooting from three. You know, I, I think she can compete with Lexi at that. So you're a point guard. Yeah. Guard should get assists for, for players that go to the foul line, right? Say that again? So, like, if you if you make a pass and, you're, and your player gets fouled uh-huh. on an attempt, you should get an assist for that if they make those free throws, shouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. see? <laughs> uh, that's one of the things I've been kind of that you, you guys get no credit for something like that. you got to get credit for that. All right, yeah. so let, let me ask you. So one of the conversations that's been in media lately has been, the, like, the topic of athlete confidence, right? I don't know if you saw the quotes from John Moran. Uh, we're on a podcast to say he would cook Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, right. And part of it, it was taken out of context to a certain extent. And his overall point was, look, you got to have confidence. That's right. If you're going to tell me it's LeBron James, I would cook him too. And you want to say that. That's right. And, and I would assume, like, kind of along the lines of your favorite athlete, I would think watching these, you know, watching these girls out there play, yeah. part of you's got to think, like, come on, man. Like, I could do that too. I know I yep. can do it. And yeah. if I, I got some real friends, we just honest with each other. Mm-hmm. I'll call them right now and be like, do I give you buckets? <laughs> and they'll say I get them buckets. Yeah. And I know some of them. One of the one of the one of the top point guards that I brought up earlier on the show when we were talking about Connecticut, mm-hmm. because it's considered a big three when we talk about the NBA, right? Big three, it, with Connecticut, you got John Quell Jones, Courtney Williams, and Alyssa Thomas. She knows yeah. them, but and, and that's who she try and that's who she had her tryout with. But Courtney was here. She was on another team, part of another dynamic duo with Isabel Harrison, who's with the Wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She hung with she hung with all these players. Those 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 are my girls, man. I yeah. was around a lot of vets in Connecticut, and they truly took care of me. You know, like you said, Jazz Thomas, Courtney, JJ, Alyssa, um, you know, all the vets. You know, I show love. They really really show love to me. Um, Jazz specifically. You know, I'm sad about her injury. You know, that's something I think about really really often because it can happen to anybody. And she's a 12 year vet, but. When it came to plays, when it came to just learning how to really be a point guard for, for a really elite program, you know, she really 
you know, took my hand and, and, and helped me throughout training camp. So I thank her for that. All right. Well, Taj, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show, talking. I promise you, Southern Nevada, you're going to hear more about Taj because she's going to infiltrate this town and bring her <laughs> bring her down until, until she gets in the league. But yeah. follow her for now on T Cole, T-C-O-L-E underscore zero. You can check out her Instagram as well. Taj, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. You got it. All right, Kofi, the company live for the Summer League. We'll be back. Wrap it up here on this Friday. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Put your hand in there, dude. All right, last couple minutes on this Friday. Cofield and Company live from the Thomas and Mack Center. I don't think you're out. It's just radio. You're good. Uh, talking to a wonderful crew down here who built everything. All right, Willie, I know this is your thing, so I'll ask you really quickly. Max Kellerman, Kevin Durant, what's the setup here? So they, Well, they were talking about the Kevin Durant thing, and, so, and you've been hot and heavy on it. We, we actually, you know, we, what, in one show we had two different breaking things. So I wanted, to, I wanted to – I had a sound bite from the show, and uh, let's just run to it because I thought it was a cool analogy for you to relate to. Remember Silence of the Lambs? The whole idea there with Lecter. Yeah. (laughs) Lecter had good taste. So he ate people who were in bad taste, right? But Clarice, he left alone. And he told her, the world is more interesting with you in it, right? The world is more interesting with KD in it. Okay. So he's Clarice in this? So who's Hannibal? I, I, I that's That's where I wanted to bring you and say, who's Hannibal? I mean... I, don't, I mean, would Hannibal be like, a, it doesn't have to be a specific person. Like, would it be, have to be like the collective us? Like, people are tired of Kevin Durant. They want to get rid of him. They want him out of the league because he's dramatic. But he's Clarice and he's more interesting. So, no, I don't know. That's it's weird. It, it, is, it, it was a weird one because that was the first thing I thought. Because re- at the very first thing, I was like, Silence of the Lambs. Well, is he? No, he would be Clarice. And I, that's why I said, I was like, okay, well, who's Hannibal? You know, you I, know. I got to say, so radio guys kind of get into this a lot. Yeah. They do analogies a lot. Yeah. Right. Analogies are a really, really big thing when it comes to radio guys. And the original, I would say, at least by my, like, listening back in the day, right. the original and one of the best at it was Colin Cowherd. Like, Cowherd does it all the time, right, with his analogies and everything. You saw Gottlieb, by the, by the way, Gottlieb in a little hot water. We'll talk about that. Um, Gottlieb really tries to do it, and Kellerman tried to do it there. Sometimes you got to really think out those analogies, though. It doesn't really make sense. Before you, yeah, the, like, I the, see, the impromptu ones. I, I know right. you knew what he wanted to say. I see where he was going. Yes. I just, you know, you got to pick up on some of the details when you're talking about that. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, so I did uh, I bring up Gottlieb. That's actually a natural jumping off point. Uh, it does look like uh, Gottlieb is getting some stuff uh, thrown at him. We know about the story that Gottlieb came out and said that uh, Freddie Freeman, uh, former agent, allegedly – Kept a contract offer from him from the oh, Atlanta yeah. Braves yeah. and would have signed it, all that stuff. Well, Casey Close uh, has sued Doug Gottlieb for libel uh, over the tweet contract offer to Los Angeles Dodgers' Freddie Freeman. So we'll see if anything comes with this, but uh, he is being sued, alleging that Gottlieb falsely and recklessly defamed Close and XL Sports Management in a tweet that claimed they had not presented a contract offer to star first baseman Freddie Freeman during free agency, according to a complaint filed in New York court. That's a really... That's a really serious thing, like that Gottlieb was alleging. Like, think about that. That's a like that's a it's a well-known agent by all accounts. He's got multiple major league baseball clients. Right. 
for the fraction of like what he would get in terms of uh, profit to to risk your entire clientele, to risk your job in this industry for something like that? I don't know. I, I'm going down the path of I don't really believe Gottlieb. I'm going down that same path, and and, and, and the thing is, is it's that's libelous. Those are those are those are. We got to ask Justin about this. You're slandering somebody's reputation and name and career, no? It, it, well, but here's the heart, right? It's it's always the public citizen versus private citizen. Is an agent a private citizen or a public citizen? I would seem assume because it's an agency, he'd be public or public. So it's a lot harder. I don't think he's public. No, no. I always consider when you go public versus private. Is 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 he making money off the public? Is it is it public? Is like public funding? I don't I don't look at it like that. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't think I don't look at it like that. Would would jive in a court of law? Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, that's it. We're all done. We're on the way out, right? Yeah, we are. I wow. gotta sweat this out. Hey, hey I'm just gonna say this: everything's coming up aces when it comes to these summer league results for your boy. Okay. Well, all I know is that it's been. Three straight days with JVT, the notorious JVT, the dream come true. And uh, you can catch me Monday on the press box with Ed Green. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. How about that? All right. We're all done. See you later.